Well, good morning, church. We are going to look to God's Word uh, today with a, a little bit, um, I guess, different plan in mind. We are going to take a, a, a break uh, out of 1 Corinthians this week, so it's a little bit different. And, and I would say about that, I, I from time to time, um, I have tension in that, like wanting to keep the train moving, and then also wanting to bring God's Word before us based on what is happening around our culture, and really felt like this was a time for that, to just give to us collectively, myself included, to God's people, what we really need right now. And, and just a few brief words about our gathering even today as we chose as elders to gather. Um, I, I, there's, we just live in the balance of that, of making really wise decisions and, and honoring people, and then uh, not, again, like I said in the video that I posted, not forsaking the gathering of the saints. That could all change tomorrow. I know that full well, that uh, nothing has been mandated that we can't meet together right now. But, but we want to be honoring to others. And, and I shared that. I've struggled with that because I, I on one end, uh, your tendency is to think, this is just so silly. And then I have to be reminded by my sweet wife, not everybody thinks the same way you do. And so what we're after is a biblical response. Amen? What we're after is to respond to a world that doesn't see the world the way we do with the hope, as, as Russell shared, the way that we see it and have it. And so we come to the scriptures and we just look to God's word for wisdom and how we act. So I pray that all of our hearts would be kind of re-centered and, and changed again, once again, by God's word this morning. So what I want to do is I'm going to uh, preach through Psalm 46 uh, today, 11 verses. I'll read it in a moment here, but I will say this again, um, this affirmation that we'll say together that this is who we are, the people of God, that uh, we come together around the word and trusting the spirit uh, in, in our unity together. If you have a Bible, you can turn to Psalm 46, a very appropriate psalm for us to focus on this morning and to turn our attention to. I'll read verses 1 through 11. This is what it says. The word of the Lord here. God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear, though the earth gives way, though the mountains be moved into the heart of the sea, though its waters roar and foam, though the mountains tremble at its swelling. There is a river whose streams make glad the city of God, the holy habitation of the Most High. God is in the midst of her. She shall not be moved. God will help her when morning dawns. The nations rage, the kingdoms totter. He utters his voice, the earth melts. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. Come, behold the works of the Lord, how he has brought desolations on the earth. He makes wars cease to the ends of the earth. He breaks the bow and shatters the spear. He burns the chariots with fire. Be still. And know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. I invite you to pray. Pray that God would speak to your heart. Whatever he needs to speak to your heart today. And I will pray for us collectively. Father in heaven, thank you for your word. Father, it feels just right to be here together around your word at this time. 
a time where we need to hear from you, a time where we need our, our questions answered. And we know that many of, as I'll speak about, the questions we have won't be answered the way we want, but your word has answers. And so, Father, we turn to that right now, that you would speak through the power of your spirit, that those who don't know Jesus would know him, and that those that do would only be strengthened to know him more faithfully. May you be glorified, and we pray these things in the precious name of Jesus and all God's people said. A.W. Tozer said this, While it looks like things are out of control, behind the scenes there is a God who hasn't surrendered his authority. I heard it said best by a friend this week that as Christians, our response at times like this can be one of two ways. We can respond or we can react. And I think the react part has a negative fear component based to it, based to it. But what a Christian ought to do is respond to things that happen, things that we cannot predict, and we respond to them, and we respond to them biblically and in a Christ-like manner. Times are certainly uncertain, but the believer is to remain in those uncertain times unshaken. And that should be our response. And so I want to just explain, uh, for context, a bit of the background of Psalm 46. It's one of the songs of Zion. It's a psalm from David, and this psalm is celebrating God's presence in the temple of Mount Zion, which was a presence that promised security and blessing to God's people. Much is, the, the, I guess, the application for us as the church, the people of God in the midst of God's presence. But just how much security and what kind of blessing and it begs the question, was Zion fully insulated from trouble because it was the dwelling place of God? Was Israel guaranteed success? Israel sometimes got such ideas as we do, apparently, based on a mistaken insular and nationalistic reading of lines in this psalm, like God is in the midst of the city. It shall not be moved. As if to say nothing bad can happen to us because we are God's chosen people and this is God's chosen nation. But is that fully true? The biblical tension between celebrating promise and banking on it could certainly inform a contemporary sermon on Psalm 46. The delineation is not easy for people to grasp, nor, would I say, for preachers to proclaim for that matter. One wants to do nothing to undermine a faithful trust in the verse that you see repeated there. The Lord is with us, the God of Jacob is our refuge. But one wants to do everything to undermine a false confidence that mouthing the verse provides some temporal security or even prosperity. God is our security. Amen? But he's not our security blanket. Our trust, the Psalms trust, I believe David's trust as he penned this by the power of the Spirit is not based on a naive notion that nothing bad can happen to us in this world. Indeed, the psalm assumes that the possibility, at least, of natural catastrophe and enemy attack and virus, but it invites these singers and hearers to put their trust in God who alone stands firm when all around shakes. Life is certainly uncertain right now, is it not? This thing, I, I just, it's, it's just changed every day. And, and what you think is coming is, oh, just flip on the news. Don't flip on the news. I told my wife the other day we had it on. I'm like, just turn that off. Like, you can, I mean, it's not going to be hard to find updates, all right? And I would say as, 
I don't want to get off tangent, but be careful what you read. But it's uncertain. There's chaos. There's panic and fear all around us. I, 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 again, I don't want to get off subject. I went to Costco and you're silently judging what's in everyone's carts. You just are. I don't want, I, I could, I, I'll stop there. But it's changing every day and the question looms, how long is this going to go on? That's, that's what I, I feel like, I think we can identify with that particular question right now. Like, how long will this be? And I would, I would just encourage, it'll pass. It'll, it'll pass like all the other things have passed. And you say, well, what if it doesn't? Well, what if it doesn't? And that's why we're looking to God's word. But we say, how will it move forward? And the temptation is to go, as it always is, it's too far out, right? In worry and become anxious. And I, I'm not immune to this. I confess. I have a daughter who's a senior wondering, will they cancel her graduation? What does it look like in the fall? Will she get to experience going to college? I have those questions as a parent too. But the, the temptation is to go too far ahead out into the unknown and to the uncertain and think about things we cannot know. Questions upon questions. But see, when you come to, come to Psalm 46, which we need to, we find there are not questions. There are only answers. And so that's what I want to focus on. Five brief points, four answers from Psalm 46, and then that fifth being more of a response. And here they are. God is our protection. God is our pleasure. God is our power. God has good purpose and the response, God wants us to be still. First, God is our protector. We see in verses 1 through 3 there. God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear, though the earth gives way, though the mountains be moved into the heart of the sea, though its waters roar and foam, though the mountains tremble at its swelling. God is our refuge and strength, a place of safety and security. This is a reality people knew then and one we now enjoy even more deeply in Christ. In Christ, we can know with certainty that God is always with us in the trials and uncertainties. I think of Romans 8.32. He who did not spare his own son but gave him up for us all, how will he not also with him graciously give us all things? That's the blessing of knowing Christ and having Christ and the additional blessing of his grace upon grace. To know Christ is all we need anyways. But he gives us more good gifts. And then you look at this word present, which we have to see in this psalm. I think at times like this, it is really easy to forget the presence of God. It just is. Our mind wanders. Our heart worries. And it's time like this. And not just the presence of God, but friends, the active presence of God, the activity of God. Because of Christ, the Spirit lives inside of every believer as a very present, moment by moment, second by second, help in trouble. In Matthew 28, Jesus promised he would never leave us, forsake us. One of the last things he said to his disciples on this earth. And Psalm 46 points us to the reality, to the one who trusts Christ and becomes the new dwelling place of God by his Spirit. The Spirit is present to remind us of the truths of God's sovereign protection over our souls. And this is true. Even when the earth gives way and the mountains crash into the sea. Do I think that the coronavirus is like the mountain crashing into the sea? Not necessarily in, in the, the relatability of that, perhaps a natural disaster of earth, but certainly the fear and panic that comes 
with such an event. And so the believer first needs to be reminded that we have God's protection in any circumstance. Not insulated, this is huge, not insulated from pain and not promised or promised not to, to not suffer, but a promise that he is present and protecting us in our suffering. Our protection is not in better circumstances or in avoiding problems, but by the very real presence of the Holy Spirit and rock solid work of Jesus Christ on the cross on our behalf. That's the guarantee that we can be reconciled to God and that he will take us home safely. That all who trust in Christ can have security. That's the truth of the gospel in our hearts. No matter what, waters roar and foam, mountains tremble, but we do not. We should not. The scene suddenly then shifts in Psalm 46 from these raging waters to a peaceful river in verse 4, as we note point two here, that God is our pleasure. Look at verses 4 and 5. There is a river whose streams make glad the city of God, the holy habitation of the Most High. God is in the midst of her. She shall not be moved. God will help her when morning dawns. Here the psalmist moves from his focus on this beautiful imagery of a stream, a river that makes the city of God rejoice. There is a river whose streams make glad the city of God. And notice verse 5, she shall not be moved. That she is the city of God, which means the people of the city, referencing here today for us, the church, the people of God, rejoice in safety in her walls. And why is this? Because of the presence of God. And in that presence, nothing can and should steal joy. It certainly feels like that right now, that all joy can be sucked out of the room. I went to Costco Friday. That is not the emotion that comes when you walk in and see the lines. I just feel like this is a joyful place. No, joy is getting sucked out of every grocery store on the planet. And it feels like that. But you have to remember that we as Christ followers are on full display of joy in the world. Especially during this time. It's crucial. We are on display as we often are in different tragedies, different, different chaotic moments on this earth. We are on full display for the world to see how are the people of God going to respond. Are they going to react or are they going to respond? And the beauty of what we have is just like the end of verse 5. This truth. Guess what, friends? We will wake up tomorrow and God will still be with us to help us again. New mercies every morning and they don't ever run out. And we can delight in God for that. We can experience the promise of Psalm 16. Therefore, my heart is glad and my whole being rejoices. My flesh also dwells secure. For you will not abandon my soul to Sheol, nor let your Holy One see corruption. You make known to me the paths of life. In your presence there is fullness of joy. At your right hand are pleasures forevermore. God is not just our fierce protector, but our pleasure. And so church, let's delight in him and be joy for him. We must note, too, that our third point, God is our power, in verses 6 through 9. The song of the psalm shifts yet again, kind of this ebb and flow, as music often does, from this inside calmness of the river, then back out to the raging, out, raging nation outside the walls. Just like, and I will tell us this, just like it's going to be in our world when you leave this place today. In here, there's a unity, there's a calm, 
There's a centering around God's word. But when we walk out these doors today, we enter back into the nations that are raging, right? And you must know that everything the psalmist has said to this point would be for naught if God weren't strong enough to bring it about. The entire world, world rages, but God stands outside of all of that in power. And you know what he does? He utters his voice. And when he speaks, what happens? The psalm says, the earth melts. The God of hosts, the one who fights our battles for us, the one who has conquered death for us through Christ, this God is our fortress, and all he has to do is speak to win a battle. That's all he has to do. This should cause awe and wonder in us, that the voice of God, whatever you're going through in your life, all he has to do is just speak, and he wins. He utters his voice. Look at verse 8 and 9. Come behold the works of the Lord. How he brought desolation on the earth. He makes war cease to the ends of the earth. There is no limit to that power. That's my insert. He breaks the bow and shatters the spear. Behold that. Be in awe of the power and righteous right arm of God. God has all power. And all the power of Christ is ours as believers. Behold that. Wonder at that. Do you know that God could just speak in this whole thing? All the nonsense that we think about right now would just go away. He could just speak it, and tomorrow it's done. Which begs the question for many, then why doesn't he? Why does he allow things like this? I am so glad you asked that question this morning because it's point number four. God has good purpose. Verses 10 and 11. Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. David repeats here in the psalm the promise that he had earlier written in verse 7 that God will defend us and that God is our fortress. He will be exalted. Friends, God's purpose is for his glory. He promises to glorify his name in all the earth. God is passionate about that glory, and his name is at stake. And if his passion is his own glory, he will receive it the way he chooses, the way he desires. If he ordains certain things to happen so he can move and work, we must recognize that his good purposes are what we need to be trusting in. As we would often say, that's not how I would do it. But Isaiah 55 says God's ways are higher. His thoughts are higher, way beyond ours. And I don't know, friends, I don't know why God chooses all the means to work the way that he does. But I know he is working 10 million things in the background for his glory. That's why, where I started, right? Tozer's quote. While it looks like things are out of control, behind the scenes, there is a God who has not surrendered his authority. What a wonderful, needed reminder for us today. God is still on the throne working his good plan and purpose. And we can have great confidence in that. We need only to trust him by faith and trust in Christ we will. In Christ, God has pledged it all to us. Jesus Christ on the cross has taken all of our sin and punishment. And now all who have trusted him, all we know now is grace. So when we wonder, when you wonder if God will continue to shelter you with his power and protection, when you wonder if God can be taken at his word to satisfy us with his good pleasure, when you wonder if he will fight for you another day, the answer is, of course he will. His name is at stake. His glory is at stake. 
And so this means we trust God at his word to do what is best for us, even if we don't understand it, even when the whole world or your world melts down around you, he will keep us in Christ. What an opportunity right now. What an opportunity the church has to preach and proclaim the gospel. Amen? What an opportunity we have to serve one another. Just like after 9-11, in a panicked, chaotic world, we can proclaim to others the hope we have in Christ. I said this in the video, but I made a conscious effort when I went on that errand on Friday to just be joyful to people, to show them, I'm a, I'm a believer. I am not going to be freaking out right now. I'm not scooping all the stuff off the shelf. What an opportunity we have to look outward now in ministry. And there is no greater comfort to know that God is still working and the answer to all of it is Jesus. And let's respond to this with the gospel. And so we've seen four answers Psalm 46 gives us to all the questions you may have right now. And maybe they're not your questions. They're not the ones you're asking, but they're the answers we need. That God is our protector. That God is our pleasure that God is our power, that God has good purpose. And fifth, lastly, so what's the response? So what do we do? God wants us to be still. Verse 11, or verse 10 rather. Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. What do we do when the earth gives way and the mountains crash into the sea? There is a stillness that our God wants us to have before him. And this stillness is never about freezing in panic. That's not what it is. Or not moving in mission. It is a similar response to what I shared earlier. A response to the faithfulness and power and majesty and sovereignty of God, not a reaction of human fear. A reaction would be fear-based, to freeze and penetrating fear as we often do in life. When life is so uncertain, we just cripple up and just are afraid. It's not that. No. We are to respond in stillness. And stillness to me is like a pause for God's people to stand, or should I say fall, to our knees before a holy God and know that he is God and we are not to hear his voice ring in our hearts. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted among the earth. That, friends, is worship. And it is not contingent. Our worship is never contingent on circumstances being favorable to us or being insulated from trials or tragedies or pain. It is simply the worthiness of God on display. The call to be still is actually quite a radical one because it is complete and under dependence and reliance upon God alone. When God says, be still, we're forced to make a decision. Will I really trust you at your word? Will I really depend on you for all that I need in life and salvation? And he is present. He will protect us and bring us home. He can and will and should be our highest joy and pleasure. And he has power and good purpose. And he desires that through it all, we quiet our hearts, which is why it was so important for us to gather here today, to quiet our hearts before him and worship. And then, 
even in the midst of that stillness, we continue on in movement and advancement of the gospel. We continue the mission of disciples to keep going. We go. Even now, we serve. We tell. We display. We love. We encourage. We strengthen the faith of others. To me, be still is like the moments between all the gospel laboring of a believer. That's how I view it. The, 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 the gospel-centered Christ follower labors for the gospel, serves, loves, goes, tells, all of those things. And being still is those moments in our discipleship where we center ourselves on the mission of God and refuel, if you will, before God, and then we go again. We can and still should do that. So do not fear, Christian. Life will always be uncertain. But one thing for the Christ follower is not, and that is the hope that God is faithful. And that because of Christ and his life and death and resurrection, we have an eternal and unfading hope and promise that though the earth fade and be destroyed, we will not be shaken. Let's pray. One day, we're going to do it for eternity. I want to leave you with this from John 17 as Jesus is praying for his disciples. I feel like we just need some Jesus words. Amen. He says, I do not ask for these only, but also for those who will believe in me through their word, that they may all be one, just as you, Father, are in me and I in you, that they also may be in us, so that the world may believe that you have sent me. The glory that you have given me, I have given them, that they may be one, even as we are one, I in them and you in me, that they may become perfectly one, so that the world may know that you sent me and loved them, even as you loved me. Believer, go with the gospel. Go with joy and peace to an uncertain world. Go in peace. You're sent.